0: Jim, it's the world of bonds. It's Tuesday the 21st of September 2021. This is for professional investors only and never ever investment advice. Yesterday was, uh, to use the technical market term for it, a puke day uh, following the Evergrande headlines and talks of default, talks of distress, pictures of crowds um, and of Evergrande dispersing properties to people to pay them off in a kind of distressed fashion. So um, I wasn't the only person in my last podcast to ask whether this was China's Lehman Brothers moment. Um, Equity markets sold off big yesterday, especially in Asia. So uh, 3% in Hong Kong and more and sliding really everywhere around the world. So the dollar was rallying. US Treasuries rallied about six basis points at 10 years point. So 10 year treasury now is at 1.34%. Um, it was down at one28 in the middle of last week, so it's not a huge risk-off event yet. It's not a huge flight to safety, but uh, certainly lower than we were a couple of days ago in US Treasury bond yields. And I guess um, for the global economy has been worried about commodity prices for uh, most of this year now. Commodity prices uh, are, are falling quite heavily, so if you look at iron ore yesterday, it was off 8% and that's off by about 50% since the middle of last month. So uh, you could argue that this is pretty good news for inflation worriers that commodity prices are coming down, but it's being led by fears around growth in China and the impact of that knock-on impact on the global economy, especially Asia. I say um, it it, it is too early to say whether this is China's Lehman moment. Uh, The markets are much steadier today. Uh, S&P did say that uh, Evergrande is likely to default without government intervention. I think that's kind of the markets for you now. The question is to what extent the government uh, does intervene and bail out uh, Evergrande, or at least uh, try and stabilise the housing market and the property market. Because I think things that we do know about this is that one, Property is a huge share of the Chinese economy. You know, some estimates I've seen up to twenty-eight percent, if you include some of the the less direct measures, um, fifteen or so percent, if if it's just direct in investment in in uh, property and so forth in China. So it's a huge share of the Chinese economy, and it's really important for society. You know, just as if you ask people to talk about the UK economy, the first thing that they'll talk about is uh, the strength or uh, weakness of the UK housing market generally. For Chinese people, the the same is true, and perhaps more so, because there has been this huge speculative bubble in property. Prices have gone up dramatically, and it's a huge store of wealth. Um, In a world where people in China traditionally haven't had traditional savings like PEPs and ISAs and even deposit accounts, uh, housing has been the store of value. And some estimates have around 70 or 80% of Chinese household wealth tied up in property. Um, and so if something bad happens there, it's going to have a big impact on society. It's going to have, a, you know, at its most benign level, uh, to use that word, advisably, it's going to have a knockdown impact on consumption. But for the Chinese government, they'll be worried about unrest and they'll be worried about the videos that are popping up online of hordes of people crowding around Evergrande offices. And uh, the, the kind of idea that this is existential if the property market in China hits a, 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 um, a big speed bump is, is starting to gain. Um, a bit of um, nervousness in global markets too. So not just directly in house prices, but also linked to that we talked about in the last podcast, some of these property companies, including Evergrande, have things called wealth management products. So as well as selling you your house, they'll also sell you a kind of savings product, um, which is again linked to the health of the company to some extent. So that's gonna be a big worry for the Chinese government um michael patisse is somebody you should follow uh, and read his research online and his blogs and so forth we've been looking at him for for decades now he has actually been predicting a crash in china for those decades um but it, it's he's not just a doom and gloom merchant without uh decent analysis you know he's much more nuanced than that well worth reading also an expert on the chinese uh, punk scene as well so um you know just an interesting person to read Anyway, he thinks it's gonna be difficult for the Chinese government now to stabilize property prices. The, the speculation has been too great. Uh, in the words of the old joke, you wouldn't start from here. It's Even if it was desirable to stabilize property prices, it would be really hard to do that because he says that when speculative markets, whatever they're in, um, exist, they either go up very, very quickly or fall very, very quickly. There's rarely any in between. Um, and if it is to be full, as it looks like now, um, it may be too late for the Chinese government to do very much about it. Or they'd have to be very, very aggressive in stepping in to support property prices in a way that may not be desirable. So some sort of managed decline would be uh, ideal in property prices, but almost impossible to engineer. But but read his tweets, read his blogs. Um, very, very good stuff. Um, so as to Lehman question, people have been looking at where... Evergrande's liabilities effectively lay and the good news is that they're pretty well dispersed across the Chinese banking system. So someone says that the, the biggest individual bank with exposure to Evergrande is uh, Minsheng Banking Group and that has 0.8% of its loans to Evergrande and that's the biggest um, I think we always have to be a bit sceptical um, in saying that this doesn't matter, that, um, oh, you know, you look at one individual exposure and say that's not very big because this is a, a much wider issue than this now. This is not just about this individual company. This is about the whole Chinese property sector. And given, as I say, it, it has an influence of about a quarter of uh, Chinese GDP, I think it's a bit naive to just look and say, well, the biggest bank is 0.8% of its loans to, to Evergrande and say everything's going to be okay. So uh, uh, really too soon to say, but on the face of it, probably not a huge banking crisis, but I think it, it's um, still something to be extremely nervous about and the knock-on impacts on consumption and society for China. So what's going on at the moment? Uh, JP Morgan put out a note suggesting that they think that there'll be a standstill agreement so that means you know, no more debts will be paid and there'll be a kind of period where nothing will happen and the government will be working very um, hard to try and find the good bits of Evergrande to, to ring fence them put the bad bits somewhere else and manage that in an orderly way. And we have experience of this in the West with the good banks, bad banks, and etc. that we we created during the global financial crisis. But a standstill uh, to allow an orderly, orderly winding up is most likely, according to J.P. Morgan. As I say, though, S&P likely to default without that government um, intervention, they say. So I guess one thing we have seen is for the first time... Some big moves in credit markets. So, credit's been extremely well behaved for a very long time. Um, looking at my charts at the moment up on my Bloomberg screen, you know, really for the entirety of 2021, you could almost have used a ruler to draw um, the spread changes in investment grade, high yield financials, whether it's Europe or the US, been very, very little volatility. And that really changed yesterday. So, we saw some big moves. So if you look at CDX, which is a kind of index of uh, US dollar names, CDX investment grade was seven wider yesterday, high yield eight wider yesterday, and emerging markets uh, about 15 wider in terms of basis points. Same things are true in Europe as well. and you, you can, on the charts for the first time, see spikes in all the credit asset classes, whether they're anything to do with China or not, suggesting that there is global nervousness about this and uh, that the flight to quality is perhaps starting. And people have been generally overweight. Carry positions might be starting to say, OK, um, this is my chance to, to reduce that at still almost record tight levels of spreads. I'm sure we'll be talking about Evergrande more later in the week, but the other thing going on today is in the UK, where we launch, uh, it's expected that we launch our very first Green Gilt. Uh, The Chancellor wants this to be the biggest launch amount for a Green government bond in history, and that means it's going to be at least £7.5 billion worth, and probably more, will be issued today. It's a July 2033 bond, so that's a 12-year bond, just about. And as for pricing, the the rumours are something like the 2032 gilt plus 8 basis points is, is where pricing is likely to be. And that sounds like you're getting a premium of, of 8 basis points, but actually you're not because the yield curve steepens, obviously, between... 2032 and July 2033, and most of that eight basis points is simply the shape of the yield curve between those two dates. So, effectively, it's saying that if you buy a green gilt, you're going to buy it at the same level and the same sort of yield as a normal gilt would come at if one existed at that maturity. Now, it may come a little wider, make them a little tighter, even. Uh, There are rumours of extremely strong demand for this bond. Uh, we don't know yet, but it doesn't look like there's going to be much of a greenium, um, and I hate that word, um, but you know, it looks like it probably comes flat to gilt. There will be more green gilt issuance before the financial year is up, so I think there'll be at least 15 billion of these things issued in total, and perhaps uh, 20 billion, who knows. Uh, the next gilt, though, will be a 20 to 30 year um, green gilt, so we'll have two different green gilt issues. Um, demand's going to be very strong we'll see how it goes and I'll catch up with you later in the week bye